to Church Matters, a place where we ask questions about the role and the life of the church, at home, across the street, and around the world. This program is brought to you by Mennonite Church Canada. My name is Janet Plennert. My name is Dan Dick. And we are your hosts this morning. When the news is full of stories about devalued pension plans and retirement savings, even God's people can be tempted to make ethically questionable investments that promise temptingly high returns. What is the role of the church in tough economic times? What assurance can we draw from Scripture about maintaining integrity even in the most challenging circumstances? Well, Janet, those are good questions. We can draw strength from Scripture to help us stay true to godly principles when temptation calls. Paul writes in Romans 8.26 that the Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf when we are troubled. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought. But that very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God, who searches the heart, knows what is in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Our guest for today is Gary Houghton, CEO of Meritus Mutual Funds, a socially responsible investment firm. We will talk with Gary in just a few moments, but first we'll listen to My Money Talks by Brian Moyer-Suderman. My money talks, so what can you hear it saying? My money talks, just like a voice that's praying. My money talks, it speaks volumes loud and clear About what matters most to me, so tell me what you hear Do you hear a story of a man who can't say no To the latest things the advertisers show Slaps down his credit card like Trump into the game Hoping it will make things right again my money talks, so what can you hear it saying? My money talks, just like a voice that's praying. My money talks, it speaks volumes loud and clear about what matters most to me. So tell me what you hear. Do you hear a story of a woman working hard? Match that family that she sees across her yard Wondering how to make the payments on her home While she sits there all alone My money talks, so can you hear it saying My money talks, just like the voice that's praying My money talks, it speaks volumes loud and clear about what matters most to me So tell me what you hear Talks, 
like the voice that's praying My money talks, it speaks volumes loud and clear About what matters most to me So tell me what you hear Welcome back to Church Matters. Our guest today is Gary Houghton, CEO of Meritus Mutual Funds, a socially responsible investment firm. Welcome to Church Matters, Gary. Thank you, Janet. Thank you, Dan. It's a pleasure to be here. Gary, you've spent years trying to influence shareholders and corporate governance boards to pay close attention to making ethical decisions. In a nutshell, can you tell our listeners how the church and our faith informs your work? Certainly. The first thing that Christians need to grab hold of and understand is that anything that we have, whether it's our RRSP or our pension, our investments, are truly God's, and God has entrusted them to us. And so we are stewards of his assets, his investments. And we need to take a look at how we invest those assets, how we invest our RRSP. Sometimes we're we're investing, just trying to get the highest return because someone has told us about a great investment where they're making more money than they thought possible. But how are they making that money? And is it in a manner that would please God? Are they being financially productive but socially irresponsible? Are they creating widows and orphans rather than looking after widows and orphans? We need to wrestle with that as Christians, and we need to look through the investments that we have God's money in and try to figure out if these are companies, if these are products that are pleasing to him. The investment industry is incredibly complex. It can be really hard to find out how our money is being invested. It certainly can, and that's where a good financial advisor uh, can look at what you're invested in and tell you um, how you're invested. That's something that Meritus specializes in. There are a number of other companies that specialize in digging below the surface of just the numbers. Companies tell you all about their profitability. You need to dig below the surface and see, but how did they make that money? Um, Did they make it on the backs of 14-year-old girls working in sweatshops? Did they make it um, by cutting corners environmentally, by, um, by abusing disadvantaged communities around the world? So where Christians invest their money can be seen as a step and a part of their faithful stewardship. Very much. We're, we always talk uh, at church about stewardship of time, talent, and resources. And you know, a lot of people donate their time to the church in a number of causes. A lot of people donate their talents. And then we sometimes think the resources part, well, that's where I give a tithe, whether it's 10% or 15 or whatever, and we forget that what we keep for ourselves, per se, is still God's. And we need to invest that as if it is his, as if he was watching over us and as if he was was going to judge us to some degree on how we invested his money and what we did with it. So would you say that in tough times, the choices on how, where, and when to invest money still need to be guided by our Christian principles as opposed to monitoring the economic flux. 
Very much so. It needs to uh, needs to guide us in tough times. I think in tough times, though, a lot of Christians need to take a step back, and now is a time when we can reevaluate our needs and our wants. I think a lot of things have crept into the need category for Christians that really are wants at best, and they're wants because we've seen that everybody else has it. Can you give us a for example? A second home, timeshares, an extra vehicle that rarely leaves the garage. Um, I think replacing wardrobes too often. There are a lot of things that become needs because our neighbor has it. We're called to be in the world, but not of it. We're called to be salt and light. And we do that in our everyday life. Emeritus tries to do that in the investment world and to bring a Christian perspective to the investment world and to lend a Christian viewpoint to the management of the companies in whom we invest. And I think if we're able to do that, we're going to have a better definition and outworking of capitalism going forward, an outworking that says this is still about being financially productive, but we do need some reasonable checks and balances in place. Gary, in the last uh, six, eight months or so, we have seen banks and large corporations literally collapse. You have your ear tuned to the boardrooms of at least some of corporate North America. What is it that you're hearing? Are shareholders directing boards or CEOs tempted to compromise ethics for higher returns? What are you hearing out there? I think we've actually seen that play out in the last few months. And I think everyone has to acknowledge that at times they're tempted it's how we respond to that temptation. Certainly in, uh, in corporations, management is often tempted. In fact, management is often incented um, to compromise their ethics for higher returns. I think we also need to acknowledge that what is outside of my ethical boundary may be well inside of someone else's personal ethical boundary. But the compromise that we see in someone's ethics and the drive for higher returns is often driven by the greed of shareholders and the greed of investors who are always calling on companies to produce more, to give them a higher return and a higher return uh, the next quarter and the next quarter. And we really need to take a step backwards and say, what's the cost of that higher return? What's the, what's the moral cost? What's the social cost? What's the environmental cost? Because frankly, we don't necessarily need it. Have you seen a decline in the interest of ethical uh, investing principles as a result of the recent economic decline? No, actually, we, we've, we have seen the opposite. We have seen more people turning to meritus um, than we had in our previous six and a half years. Um, for the 12 months prior to that, in every one of those 12 months, we had money come to us not leave us, and there were only two other mutual fund companies that can say the same. So we have seen more money come to us through this, and I suspect that it's because people see value in our values. People see that even though their investment value may fluctuate, at the end of the day, Meritus is working with the management of the companies that we own to make them better. Meritus is working towards creating a positive social bottom line and a positive environmental bottom line in addition to 
the financial bottom line. We're the ones talking about the fact that there's a triple bottom line to investing, the financial, social, and environmental, where others are solely focused on the financial. Do you think a difficult economic time can actually be a positive time for the church? I do. I think think the church and individuals um, in the church can come to the realization during difficult economic times that they are still the haves in this world. There are haves and have-nots when we think about finances. And it's at times like this that the needs of those who do not have um, the financial means to support themselves are magnified that much more. And we are called to be Christ to them. Uh, And so I know there's a temptation for many Christians to withhold at this point and to stop giving for the church, for many of the people uh, who attend church, uh, for those of us in the developed country, we are blessed to even be talking about the fact that our investments are down by 20 or 30% because most people don't even have any investments around the world. So it's a great opportunity now for us to really understand what sacrifice is. Um, and to dig a little bit deeper and to realize that the needs of the church and the needs of those um, both in our local community and around the world who, frankly, we may not know, we may never meet, are greater now than ever before, and we need to step up and be Christ to them and look after them. Uh, Gary, just prior to coming into the studio, you made a comment to me about uh, your and your wife's response to your own personal investments. It's probably going to sound like an odd response to many people who are listening to this program, but for the last several months, we have not opened an account statement. So we actually have no idea what our accounts are worth at this point. We're certain that they're down in value, but we don't know how much they're down. We don't know what the total is of our investments. And some people may be sitting back and thinking, oh, well, he's probably got so much he doesn't need to know how much it's worth. That isn't the case. Um, the reality is, and that's, that's not the reason that we're not looking either. The reality uh, for us is we know that when we did our investments, we did them acknowledging that this is God's money and that we were putting his money to work for him. And we searched our, sp- we searched our soul, we searched the scriptures, we prayed about how should we invest this, and we believed that we were invested properly looking towards our future, looking towards the future of our children, but also looking at how God would want us to have that money invested. So the fact that it hasn't turned out to be a great financial investment over the last few months is of little concern to us because we believe that we are within God's will for us, for our lives and for our investment portfolio. And we believe that we are generating positive returns by having the money where it is. Those returns just may not be financially positive over a short period of time. That's an inspiring response from a a CEO of an investment company. Thank you for sharing that, Gary. You've recently been doing some work to challenge what many consider to be excessive compensation packages for corporate executives, and we've read about this in the news. Can you tell us some about what you've been doing? Certainly. For the last two years, Um, We have been in dialogue with Canada's five largest banks about the the compensation they're providing to their senior executives and their method of calculating that. Uh, For us, it seems that 
senior executives get compensated very well when the business does well. And when there's failure in the business, they get compensated just as well to leave. And that doesn't make a lot of sense to us. Uh, for us as a shareholder, that compensation is provided by shareholders. If it had not gone to the executive, it would have stayed with us as shareholders. And we're not seeing the connection that we need uh, between performance of the company and the compensation provided to the executives. And we, we're just asking the board to respect the fact that it is shareholders who elect the board, it is shareholders who provide the compensation to the executive, but we have no idea how $40 million in compensation is spit out at the end of the, the formula. We can't find a formula. A board won't provide us with a formula that says $40 million is the proper amount. If I can see a formula that spits out $40 million and look as a shareholder and see, and my return was this amount, then maybe that's something we'd approve. But we need to sit down with the board and have a good conversation about this. And how are the boards responding to those kinds of questions? The boards responded last year by ignoring us. So we took it a, a step further and we went to the annual meeting of each of the five banks and we had all shareholders vote on our proposal. And we received an average of 40.5% of shareholders supporting us, which is an astonishingly large number. When you consider that shareholder proposals usually get 5 or 6% of shareholders, the fact that we got 40 and as high as 45% at CIBC last year, I suspect that this year, while they're still ignoring us, they're worried that we may get a, a majority of their shareholders supporting us. Was that a binding vote or is it more perceived as more of a message? It's a message vote. We're asking for an advisory vote. So we can't overrule the board. If the board says 40 million's right, and that's what they publish in the annual report, we're asking for shareholders to have the ability to vote on whether or not 40 million is right. We can't overrule them. We can't claw money back. What we're asking for and what we're trying to get from this is a reopening of dialogue between the shareholders and the compensation committee for these companies. It's fascinating that as Christians join together with eth an ethical basis for something like investing our money, it really does have some significant implications. And you're talking at high-level circles with very powerful people in our financial sphere of this country. We are, and um, it always amuses me uh, to some degree that little Meritus, and we are tiny, um, is having such an impact. And the fact that we had, you know, to, to talk about the CIBC vote at 45%, the fact that 45% of shareholders joined with Meritus, which is a, uh, a small investment management firm that grew out of the Mennonite community, joined with us and said, these people have some great ideas. Let's Let's lend our support to them. We were the only one out talking publicly about this. And I remember at that annual meeting last year, turning to the, to the person beside me and saying, do you think we'll even hit double digits in the vote? And when 45% came up, we were both shocked. And this year, we have had already uh, calls from people who did not support us last year who have said, we're with you this year. We like the way you operate. We like that you 
come at this with a very humble approach, but great ideas. We love your passion for this. We love your perspective. And so we are behind you. So we're expecting even higher results this year. And isn't that how it should be with the church, having a disproportionate impact despite its small size? Exactly. I, I think we need to stop discounting the fact that we're so small and recognize that we have some great ideas and those ideas are birthed in us through the Holy Spirit, through the scriptures. And we need not to be ashamed of those. We need to look for ways that we as a church can practically apply those ideas in a world that at times seems very much counter to us, but very much now is searching for ideas and searching for solutions because the ones they've found and they've been resting on for the last number of years have failed them miserably. Emeritus, as you indicated, is a joint initiative of the Mennonite Church, both in Canada and the United States. What message do you think the church should be giving its members, our members, and even the world, about investing during these tough times? I think the message is relatively simple. The first message is God will provide. The second is let's re-examine what's a need and what's a want, and let's do that on a global perspective, not based on what your neighbor has. And not just during tough economic times, exactly. but all the time. We need to remember what we define as a need and a want five years from now when things are great again, or two years. And I'm not trying to make a prediction on when the economy is going to turn necessarily, but better times will come. Uh, and we need to remember what's a need and what's a want at that point. And in terms of investing, um, we need to always remember that it's God's money that we're investing. He has entrusted it to us as his steward. And we need to be mindful of not just the income that we receive from our investment portfolio, but the impact that it can have and the impact that it does have on, uh, on individuals and communities that we may never meet and that we may never visit but they are our brothers and sisters in Christ, and we're called to care for them. Our time is up for today, Gary, but we thank you very much for coming and talking to us about financial realities and the faithfulness and stewardship of the church and its people. Well, thank you, Janet. Thank you, Dan, uh, for the opportunity for me to be here and to just share what God's placed on my heart today. Our guest for today has been Gary Houghton. CEO of Meritus Mutual Funds, a socially responsible investment company. As always, we welcome your comments on this or any of the Church Matters programs. You can reach us at 1-866-888-6785 or email us at office at mennonitechurch.ca. We invite prayer and financial support of Mennonite Church Canada and of this program and all our ministries. You may donate online or send a gift to 600 Shaftesbury Boulevard, Winnipeg, Manitoba, R3P0M4. Write Church Matters on the envelope. My name is Janet Plennert. And I'm Dan Dick, and you've been listening to Church Matters, where our prayer is that you will be called, equipped, and sent to be the church in the world today. Tune in again at this same time on the third Sunday of each month to hear more about the many ways that church matters. Thanks for joining us. As you go out from here, may the Lord go with you. The face of God shine on you every day. We are sent by God wherever we are living, salt and light as people of the way.
As you go out from here, may the Lord go with you. The face of God shine on you every day. We are sent by God wherever we are living, salt and light as people of the way.